Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Christians in Rome, told them that the gospel, which is the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that the gospel was the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek or the Gentile. Well, I explain the whys and hows of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Jew first. The Jewish Messiah has come to his chosen people, the Jewish people. And you need to understand the command, the contradiction, the compassion, the covenants, and the conflict that will surround the Jewish people and getting the gospel message to them. I have a five-part audio series on CD that will assist you in understanding the Jewish person and how we must be involved in getting the gospel message to them. This series is entitled, To the Jew First. If you'd like to get your copy of it, I'll tell you in just a moment the number you can call, a toll-free number, to make your order. This will assist you in understanding how to communicate the gospel message to the Jew as well as to the rest of the world. I'll give you that toll-free number to call in just a moment. But before I do that, let's take a moment and listen to the first in the series of To the Jew First. This is entitled, The Command. We'll be back in a moment after you listen to this portion of the message, and I'll tell you how you can get your own copy of the entire five-hour audio series on CD. Now, here's the message. You remember Genesis 10? That's after Genesis 9. Oh, you know what's in Genesis 9, don't you? Genesis 9, 1. And you know Genesis 9, 1 is after Genesis 8. And 6, 7, and 8 are Noah and the flood. So Genesis 9 is Noah after the flood. And God meets with Noah. And you know what God said to Noah? God said, uh, Noah, I want your three boys and you and your four wives to be fruitful, multiply, and re-people the earth. There's only eight of you people left after this worldwide flood. I've destroyed every bit of humankind, all of animal life, destruction on the earth, now, I'm going to bring it back into existence. There's eight of you. I want you to start it over. Be fruitful, multiply, and repeople the earth. You know what chapter 10 is? It is the obedience, or at least a record of the beginnings of the obedience. Chapter 10 and verse 1. Notice what it says here in verse 1. Now, these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Jebeth. And unto them were sons born after the flood, the sons of Jebeth. And we'll look at those in just a moment, but that's the first son. Look at verse 6. And uh, the sons of Ham. And then look over here at verse 21. Unto Shem also he's going to bring children into existence. So the three sons, Shem, Ham, and Jepheth, are going to be involved in being fruitful, multiplying, and filling the earth. That's where they're going to start out. One of the great-grandsons of Noah, grandson of Ham, is going to go the opposite direction, cause a real problem. That was old Nimrod, the great-grandson of Noah, and a grandson of Ham. But notice something before we get into any more detail. Notice verse 5, if you will. These are the sons of Jepheth. By these were the isles of the Gentiles, very first time the word Gentiles is used. In fact, in the first 2,000 years of human history, from Genesis chapter 1 to Genesis chapter 12, there were no Jews, and of course there were no Christians. There were only Gentiles. Now, some of them were Gentile believers, Enoch, remember him? He walked on the earth and walked with the Lord. He was a believer. He was a Gentile believer. Seth, his great-granddaddy, he was a Gentile believer. His grandson, 
Methuselah, the man who lived the longest on the face of the earth, he was a Gentile believer. His great-great-great-great-grandson Noah was a Gentile believer. In fact, a preacher of righteousness. So was his great-great-granddaddy, Enoch. There were believers, but they were Gentiles. You don't call them Christians. There were no Christians until Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. There weren't even any Jews for 500 years after the flood. That's when God brought Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees, Genesis chapter 12. We're talking about 500 years before that. And these were the isles of the Gentiles divided into their lands, everyone after his tongue, after their families, in their nations. Look over here at uh, verse 20. And we get the genealogies. I told you you can learn something from genealogy. We get the genealogy of Ham. These are the sons of Ham after their families, after their tongues, in their countries, and in their nations. And so the sons, the grandsons, the great-grandsons, all of those in the heritage of Ham, they became nations as well. Now look at down here in verse 31. These are the sons of Shem. The Jewish people would come from Shem. In verse 31 of chapter 10 of Genesis. These are the sons of Shem after their families, after their tongues, in their lands, after their nations. This is where nations come into existence. Before this there were no nations. After their nations. Look at verse 32. These are the families of the sons of Noah after their generations in their nations. And by these were the nations divided in the earth after the flood. And how did they decide how much real estate on this earth they would have. Well, Deuteronomy 32, 8 says, because of the number of Jews that would be around. Why? Because the Jews were going to bring forth the Messiah. The Jews were going to give them the word of God. These were the chosen people. You know what God did? Ezekiel 5, 5 says, God took Jerusalem, their capital city, before it ever became their capital city, and he put it in the center of the earth. And he planted all the nations around them. Are you understanding me? God is systematic in his approach to everything. He had a plan. God set up the nations for purpose of ministry. Look at the book of Exodus just a moment. Chapter 19. You know Exodus chapter 20. That's the giving of the law. Exodus 19 says something very interesting. I don't know if you've ever noticed it before or not. Uh, this is, their, their, they're out in the uh, wilderness. They've come out of the bondage, the Egyptian bondage. They are involved in ministering to people uh, even as they go along. And God brings them around to Mount Sinai. They've been now out of the bondage of the Egyptian people where they were for over 400 years, now just a year. They're going to go to Mount Sinai. They will have the second Passover there in the foothills of Mount Sinai. And he calls Moses up on the mountain. He's going to have a little conversation with him. By the way, this is a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that Moses saw God face to face. Now let me tell you something. The book of John chapter 1 says, No man sees God the Father face to face and lives. And we know it wasn't the Holy Spirit because you can't see the Holy Spirit. He's a spirit. You know who it had to be? Jesus Christ. There's only one person in the Godhead that you can see face to face. Our dear pastor friend in Jerusalem, the church where we started, has done an excellent study on Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. I mean, the best way to win a Jew to Jesus Christ is point him to Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. 
Forget the New Testament. He's all over the Old Testament. And here's an example of it. God looks in the... There's only one person of the Godhead he could talk to face to face. That's Jesus Christ. So they're going to have a conversation. And Jesus Christ, in a pre-incarnate appearance, that means before he became human flesh, here's what he says. Verse 4. Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Now, literally, that's not talking about God using an eagle to fly down and pick up the Jewish people while they were in the Egyptian bondage and fly them into the wilderness. That's not what it's talking about. That's symbolic. It's talking about, again, grace, G-R-A-C-E. By his grace, he brings them out of this bondage into and going towards the promised land. Now, notice what he says in verse 5. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice and deed and keep my covenant, now look here, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Verse 6, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Did you see that? A peculiar treasure, number one. A people above all people, number two a kingdom of priests, number three, and a holy nation, number four. Wow. The chosen people. A kingdom of priests, a holy nation, a peculiar treasure, a people above all people. That's dynamite, man, to, to be chosen by God only because he loves you, not because of any merit you bring to the table. He chooses them. He's going to set them in the center of the earth. He's going to put all the nations around them. This is why we go to the Jew first with the gospel. Because before the gospel is ever out there, as plain as it is found in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, before that was all in place, he chose the Jewish people in the center of the earth with all the nations around them to do what? Number one, give testimony to the reality of a pure, perfect, almighty, holy God. Number two, to give testimony of the blessing received when you're obedient to that true, perfect, almighty, holy God. Number three, to bring forth the word of God. I just read it to you in Romans chapter 3 and verse 2. To preserve it and communicate it to the world. And number four, to bring forth the Messiah from the loins of a beautiful Jewish girl one day. Our Messiah, Jesus Christ, who gives us eternal life. He sets them in place to do that. And God put a system in place. He brings together all the nations. God sets the nations in place for purpose of ministry. You think the devil is going to sit by and let that happen? I mean, when he was the cause for all of humankind except for eight people being destroyed, the estimates are that there were one billion with a B, one billion people alive from the time of creation until the time of the flood, some 1,500 plus years. One billion people that God allows to be wiped out because of Satan's contamination of the human race. Do you think after that, that was kind of a, a kick in the face to old Satan, old sooty face himself? But he's not going to stand by and let that happen. So what does he do? Uh, go back to Genesis chapter 10. We skipped over something just a moment. I want to show you something in Genesis chapter 10. Genesis chapter 10. The sons of Jepheth. May I just introduce you to the sons of Jepheth just a moment? Chapter 10 and verse 2. The sons of Jepheth. Gomer, 
Oh, I know a little bit about Bible prophecy. I've seen that name before. Read the next one. Magog. Uh-huh. Well, keep reading. Skip over a couple. Go to the next. Tubal. Meshach. Go over here to the last one in verse 3. Togarma. Now, if you know anything about Bible prophecy, you know what I'm reading? Magog, Meshach, Tubal, Gomer, Togarma. Oh, those are nations not arranged for ministry by God, but aligned by Satan for a massacre in the days before Jesus comes back to set up his kingdom. Thank you for taking a moment to listen to this first part of a new five-hour audio series on CD entitled To the Jew First. We would love for you to have your own copy. I explain the whys and hows of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Jewish people. I talk about the Jewish Messiah, and I relate how God wants us to be involved in communicating the gospel to his chosen people. This series is entitled, To the Jew First. We want you to have your copy. Call this number, 877-674-3298. Now, that's a toll-free number from across America. Our staff is standing by. They'll tell you how you can get your copy of the five-hour audio series on CD entitled, To the Jew First. It is essential we be involved in communicating the gospel not only to the Jew but to every single person around the world. The only reason that the rapture of the church has not taken place and Jesus Christ shouting for us to come join him in the heavenlies is that he is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to the knowledge of the faith. If you would like to have your copy of To the Jew First, a five-hour audio series on CD, call this number right now. It's toll-free, and they'll tell you how you can attain your copy. That's 877-674-3298. And remember, that shout to call us to be with him in the heavenlies could happen today. So let's keep looking up until...